What's up, world? It's your boy, the Puerto Rican powerhouse, the Mike for Hire, the podcast mercenary himself, Christian Jor. Almost back at it again with a brand new review. And today we're going to review the AAA pay per view, Triple Mania 30. And my gosh, this was a pretty good one. Um, I watch Triple Mania, I think, yearly, but I think this year, I'm, I'm not sure with the format, but there's apparently two Triple Manias this year, so I don't know if they split it half and half or whatnot. But all I know is that there was one just a couple. I mean, last week, I mean, I could have gone just a little bit sooner, but uh, safe to say it's been one of those days where essentially I has been I had plans. So now that I'm getting around to it, let's get started. The first match was, uh, well, I mean, first off, it was taking place in the Palacio Sultan, Monterrey, Mexico. That's the same baseball stadium from last year. It's a great arena. You know, you're outdoors. It's still broad daylight in the opening match. And then as the evening progresses, it gets darker outside and gets a little bit more, you know, a little nicer out for the atmosphere. And it gets lively because Mexican fans are, you know, lit, lit, lit. So let's get started with the first about my gosh. It was Ultimo Dragon, the legendary Ultimo Dragon, who was trained by Bruce Lee, mind you. All right, this man is definitely a legend on many levels. The original belt collector versus Pentagon Jr. And this was a wild one because this is the beginning of this like roulette or tournament uh, for someone's going to get unmasked. And La Ruleta de la Muerte, like the roulette of death. And they have to win this first match. Whoever wins this does not have to compete for their mask automatically. But the next round, you have to win it if it's just a senior mask. So in the end of the tournament, the last two guys fighting, one of them will lose a mask in the process. I'm like, okay, this is a nice little setup where it's like a tournament. But um, it's not just a regular lucha match. It's not a regular wrestling match. It's pretty much a brawl, a straight-up fight. And you got yourselves two guys here who are known throughout the world. You know, Pentagon Jr., who's uh, Pentagon Oscuro on AEW and Ultimate Dragon. This guy's a legend in every company he's been in. He's one of those legends that's been around forever. And, my gosh, he stays in amazing shape. Um, what a match this was. Again, this wasn't even a match, but it was such an – I mean, there was fighting and there was moves. I mean, Pentagon did a Canadian Destroyer. I didn't see that coming. I mean, not Pentagon, sorry. He does hit those a lot. Ultimate Dragon did one. I'm like, okay, so at his advanced age, he's learning new moves. All right, just pulling a Dustin Rhodes over here where he's just doing new moves out of nowhere, especially the Canadian Destroyer. But that's how he ended the match. But before that, it was a lot of offense on both ends from Pentagon and Ultimate Dragon. Like, they were not holding back. They treated it just well. You can tell that Ultimate Dragon has not lost a step. And he's up there in age. He's got to be in his 50s. But he still moves like he's in a respect. 40s or so he still has that athleticism he doesn't move as crisp obviously at his advanced age because you know he's getting older i mean you just gotta you know the clock's ticking on everybody eventually but he it looks phenomenal and he's was carrying this match with i mean i'm gonna say carrying pentagon is holding his own but he definitely was able to look competitive against a pentagon jr who was consistent and is early to mid-30s, and it, it was wild to see these guys go at it. And I was very entertained. So much so, uh, in the end, Dragon won, and I gave this four out of five stars because of how impressive this match was. I was highly impressed by these two guys. They went in there, and they're like, we're going to give these people a nice classic to start with. Let's just give them a great match. And 
I'm like, okay, I'd love to see this. So now, Ultimate Dragon is Ixnade. He doesn't even participate any further. He is completely safe. And again, it is a roulette. So it was a spinning wheel, like Wheel of Fortune. And it could have been anybody, right? So it could have been Pentagon. And that way, he doesn't have to compete the whole tournament. It could have been anybody and ended up being Ultimate Dragon and Pentagon. And if Penta won, he would have been out of the tournament altogether. But because Ultima won... He's out of the tournament. Now, Pentagon is a fight for his mask. So, next bout we have here is Latico and Lady Maravilla versus Sexy Star and Commander versus Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti. Mind you, this was Ty Conti's AAA debut, and she started in Triple Mania. What a debut for her at Triple Mania. Um, of course, Ty Conti's consistent. She's been great on AEW programming with her partner, Sammy Guevara. Those two are the most loved, hated couple on sports entertainment wrestling right now, and that was previously held by Brandy Rhodes and Cody Rhodes. <laughs> but if you look back at the history of pro wrestling, people just don't like the PDA, the public displays of affection. They don't like when two uh, couple or when a couple comes together and it's too lovey-dovey, and it relies too much on that on that for their character on screen. I'll give you a perfect example. When Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch made their relationship public, people were like, okay, whatever. It was cool. But when they were on screen together, it was cringe and felt forced. Similar to this Ty Conti and Sammy Guevara, uh, you know, PDA, public space of affection is. It's so much so that my hometown, Boston, turned him heel because you couldn't dub over the booze that came out of it. Like, listen, what's Philadelphia? Boston and New York City, and I uh, give Baltimore, not Baltimore, Pittsburgh, the same exact um, feeling. These towns are rabid wrestling fans. They're going to go crazy, and they're going to be honest, so honest with you. Like, if they're going to like you, they're going to cheer for you. If they're going to hate you, they're going to boo their asses off. And again, Boston's one of these rabid wrestling towns. We do not hold back. And you got an instant reaction because it wasn't the first time they were paired together on television on AEW programming. It was previously in the lead up to it and it just felt cringe. It's like once Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes left AEW for greener pastures at uh, Titan Towers in WWE, that spot was gone. And even Tony Gunn was polarized with the reaction. He thought they would be baby faces. But let me tell you something. It's not so much about PDA. PDA is fine. It's just the over abundance of it to the point where like okay we get it they're together because they got super annoying online on social media like they went from private like hey respect our privacy to blasting photos everywhere almost like a big fuck you to the fans and like i get it you got in you know what people were all up in your business spreading rumors false rumors and all that stuff we get it but then they kept going they kept going to that well to one two three too many times to the point where they became heels from this I get you're trying to flip the bird of the fans and want to break you guys up, but when you actually become a dickhead on social media, it's going to play out in your television character as well. And as you know, social media, especially Twitter, plays a big role in pro wrestling these days because that's how fans interact with the performers and also how they get over half the time. I mean, a lot of stories came from social media and YouTube, so it only makes sense these you know social media darlings now become annoying because no one likes the annoying new couple that's always showing too much affection. Because let's be honest, we've all been there. You got a new boyfriend and girlfriend, you should, I mean, I've not been there. I'm not quite the PDA guy. I mean, I'll put a photo here and there, but I'm not one to like blast photos every day. I love you, I love you, because we know what that is. That's the insecure couple that's constantly has to validate their relationship together, always putting photos together. 
I'm not judging if you do that. It's on you. But I know where I stand in a, in a relationship when I'm someone. I post a picture here and there. You know, we're out doing stuff. But I'm not going to post a thousand photos every damn time. Like, yo, you got to calm down with that shit. It really does get annoying on people's nerves. Like, I go on someone's Facebook or Instagram and it's just a million photos of them and their relationship. You know, just every aspect of it. Like, we get it. You're having a good time. But wait till it gets rocky. You're not going to be posting so many damn photos. Now, would you? So chill the fuck out. <laughs> And that's where the fans were like, yo, you got to come down with this because they were like, the fans want to know, we're going to just show them everything. And it just turned them. So when they went into this triple threat tag uh, intergender match, it was for the titles, the AAA intergender belt, which is actually only a few years old. And Lord behold it, who ha- who happened? Well, first off, Sammy was injured from his TNT uh, title match against Scorpio Sky when he did this dumbass 630 splash onto nothing but Matt. Like, bro, if you're going to jump off a ladder in a wrestling ring and roll at someone, you think they're going to catch you? He should have gone for a crossbody, a frog splash, even a shooting star press, something that an opponent can literally reach out and grab you. If you're a ball, a rolling ball coming at me like a cannonball, I'm not going to try to, and Scorpio Sky, God bless him, try to reach for him, but he went so fast at velocity, he couldn't catch him. I thought Sammy, uh, Sammy Guevara literally broke his collarbone or neck or something. But thankfully, he came out of there with a little banged up, but not bad. But it could have been ugly. And his whole fan base on his vlog, or like on the YouTube comments, were like, "Yo, you gotta chill with these moves." And it's true. Sammy Guevara is a bumping machine, but he's only in his late twenties. My man, you're not gonna be doing this any further for longer if you keep it up this way. You gotta tone it down and save your spot, save your bump card if you want longevity. You don't want to be doing crazy bumps like this. All the time, and then it catches up to you. And by the time you're my age in your 30s or even later in your 40s, you can't do it anymore. Like, if you just conserve yourself a bit and don't rely so much on just flipping, 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 but again, know your spots. It's dangerous. And a lot of the times, this daredevil stuff is gonna bite you in the ass. Look at Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy's in his mid 30s and he can't do half the shit that he, I mean, 40s, sorry, mid 40s. And he can't do half the shit he was able to do even five years ago, three years ago, two years ago. It catches up to you eventually. Your body is not invincible. And when young people got to learn, if you're going to become a flippy wrestler, you're going to become a gymnastic routine guy, what is it, as they call him, a spot monkey, right? If you're going to do that style, even if it's lucha style, you got to know when and where to use it. Look at a Rey Mysterio, almost 50 years old, and he looks phenomenal. And he was one of the best cruiser rates of his era, one of the best wrestlers, period. And this man has longevity because he did he did a bunch of bumps. He did a bunch of, again, acrobatic moves, but he knew where to set up. He didn't overdo it to the point where he got himself too banged up. Yes, he's had surgeries before. Absolutely. No one's saying that he hasn't had a recordless, injury-free career. But compared to his peers, a lot of them look a lot slower than he does with back problems, spasms. I mean, misalignments. Again, I sound like the old guy just complaining but let's be honest this spot there was not needed and it could have gone worse so so we fast forward to triple mania in mexico in the weekend and again latigo lady maravilla okay uh sexy star this is sexy star two not sexy star one not to be confused it's a brand new person under the mask and commander worthy reigning uh triple a 
parejas, champions, right? They're intergender. Uh, and Sammy and Ty were pretty solid here, considering, oh, wait, Sammy couldn't wrestle because he had a, a crutch. So what did he do? He had a plan, as he showed on the intercom. And he had Panca Negra is subbing for Sammy due to injury. So he's wrestling for Sammy in his place so he can, so Sammy can win the titles, almost like a, a substitute for him. I don't even know you can do this. Uh, but, okay, we're going by these rules. But And then you had Los Vipers. I'm sorry, it wasn't Commander and, and Sexy Star. It was the Vipers, who are the current mixed tag champs. And, my gosh, things got wild. Uh, what a match this was. Four-way title matches never do well for the current champions. That's four, three times the chance of losing. And half the time, in most of those matches, that's exactly what happens. So, with that being said, it is... The wildest experience to see four couples in here. And my God, it was wild. It was definitely one of those things where, like, if you miss, if you blink, you miss something important. And as as someone viewing it, as someone who's like, okay, this is a good match, it, it was all right. I mean, it could have been better. It could have been one of those things where you're like, damn, so uh, what exactly is occurring here? Because you just, there's too much going on on the screen. Six out of ring. Um, again, you're gonna if you have to watch this over and over again. So that's why I gave this a three out of five. This is just a cluster of random stuff happening. What happened at the end, though? Oh yeah, Sammy Guevara hit a crutch on, I believe, on um, it was Sexy Star, and and it went for the pin one, two, three, and now Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti are the new mixed tag champions. This is the first title reign for Ty Conti, so. Clap for the young lady. She got her first title win in her history of pro wrestling. In the last six years, she's been training. And a great moment for them. And mind you, almost like a babyface reaction from the crowd, which is the opposite when you look at social media and even AEW crowds with with uh, Sammy and Ty. But at the same time, they don't have the same context in the Hiko that they do in the States. Not that they don't have Instagram or they don't have Twitter. That they do. But I feel like when you see this couple on TV every week being annoying as shit, it, you're, you're, it's not the same when you just see them sporadically on social media. Like if you're not watching AEW every week, you don't understand the full story behind why we don't like them as a couple currently. And that's what led to the heel turn. So they were cheering for them in the end. So I'm like, all right, enjoy it because if they're going to be consistently on your program, you're going to see why we are booing them at this point. <laughs> And not as not like a hater, it's just in general, just it's it's context is king, as they say. So when you have the TV there to maybe they do, maybe certain people are just still like them anyways. It is what it is. Everyone's got their cup of tea. I myself do not enjoy the presentation on AEW programming, but in this bout in AAA, they don't come off as annoying. They don't I mean there's no promos, it's just a match. So there's a difference when you're doing promo cutting promos in the ring and we're just couples that are wrestling. As a team, you know, there's just not as much of a chance to become not to show personality because you can show personality in the ring for sure. Um, but it's just a different, it's different when you're just there focusing on just what they're saying versus how they're performing, emoting in a ring. So, that being said, we move on where Villano Cuatro versus La Park and LA Park is legend, the original chairman of. Uh, uh, wrestling. He was on WCW Nitro. Um, he's put on a few pounds since his, his prime days, I will say. So, again, 
he moves a little slower, especially in his advanced age of, I believe he's in his 50s. And Villano's no spring chicken either. These are two legends who are also two aging wrestlers, and they're at the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're at, not the end, but they're definitely at the tail end of their careers. And I wouldn't be surprised either of them were to lose their mask because they already have plenty of young talent to uh, lead the next generation AAA. But, of course, L.A. Park has his two sons, you know, L.A. Park Jr. and Hijo de la Parca. And Hijo de la Park, sorry, I keep forgetting, mixing up La Parca and La Parks. So, anyways, uh, this was a crazy match, like, Originally, I gave this a three and a half, three and a half out of five stars. But after really, really watching this, this feud almost because there was such animosity between Villano Cuadro, who was the last of his, his last survivor of his family, Lucha family, and La Park, who's just like L.A. Park. He's like, man, this this was L.A. Park got his ass beat. Like, man, this was a crazy bout. Like, Villano was in there to take blood. But of course, when your mass is on the line, you're gonna do everything possible to get your shit in because you are like hey this is survival i am the last in my family to wrestle who's alive and you are not gonna win this pretty much like i'm fighting for a fucking identity i'm gonna beat the dog shit out of you and that's exactly what happened these were two guys busted open just bleeding everywhere mass half ripped off on both of them mind you like you can if it wasn't for the blood you can clearly see their faces like it was like whoa i didn't when did lucha get so like intense like this i mean yes there's plenty of intense spots there's move sets whatever battles even street fights absolutely but the mask is sacred in mexico it is something that like you, your secret identity like you're a superhero you're giving away your identity and these guys are just not giving two fucks just like ripping each other up but again because of all the blood flowing in their faces you really couldn't make out their faces and their hair in a way too it was just a blood fest these two are going ham at each other and it was just like you don't know who was in that because at first it looked like el villano cuadro was going to win this but then la park was coming back and and he came back strong and like they were fighting the ringside things out wild and what a match this was it was something i didn't have to watch again because i'm like man i didn't appreciate it. even though it was like 20 it felt like 20 minutes it was a pretty short 12 i mean not short but 12 minute match a standard wrestling match and like man this year felt longer probably because these guys are moving slower paces um it is not high speed at all this is again just a big brawl in the end uh la park won and he's able to keep his mask and now and Villano has to keep on going the next round to keep his mask. It's just not in the roulette here. And, man, four out of five stars. These guys held it off. Like, they, they pulled it off. They were like, you know, we're going to leave it all in there. And they definitely did. Table spots and everything. It was just madness. So, next segment I didn't care for. But, of course, I couldn't because I don't understand the context. I'll explain. Latin Lover, who's this AAA legend, Unmasked wrestler looks like a freaking novella actor, like that good looking, right? Uh, he's they're giving an award for him, probably uh, one of those lifetime achievement awards, or maybe like a Hall of Fame award, something of the sort. He was in an Oscar award winning movie, like he's definitely got something, you know, to the credence. He's got some clout. He's got some. Le- he's a legend, and he's getting this award. All of a sudden, freaking Jeff Jarrett slap nuts himself. Jeff Jarrett with the damn TNA Jeff Jarrett music. I'm like, oh shit, there's a there's so, a track I haven't heard in years interrupts and attacks Latin lover 
and it's a big promo where he's being super racist because you know Mexico they, they, they lay into it the foreigner American hates Mexicans it's an easy pop easy cheap heat and um, Jeff Jarrett plays that foreign asshole very uh, <laughs> very well a little too well but then again it's Jeff Jarrett I mean him being an asshole is not that far of a stretch no offense to the GOAT <laughs> Jeff Jarrett definitely one of those guys you love to hate but that's what he's good at he's a good heel and he was there with his wife, Karen, formerly Karen Angle. Now she's Karen Jarrett. And they were in there. And I think Latin Lover ended up swapping a kiss with on Karen, like almost like a, instead of hitting her because like, I hit a woman, he kissed her. I mean, it's still sexual assault. But I mean, again, this is like a different country, different rules apply differently. It doesn't look as, I don't know. I don't know how to say it. I mean, in the 90s, this would have been a normal, like, fuck you to the guy. Like, oh, I kissed your wife and what? But now it's pretty much like so salt now. We think about it, uh, you know. <laughs> so, but it, it, it's like watching a movie. All right. These are characters on screen. These are not real people. They're, I mean, they're real people for sure, but they're playing these exaggerated characters. So I, from context wise, it seems like something out of a telenovela, which makes sense because Mexico is known for telenovelas. So it's like really down their alley that they're playing this kind of angle. And then Latin Lover gets his ass beat, and then all of a sudden, Vampiro comes out and saves him, and they're able to, you know, shoo away Jeff Jarrett. Eh, it's an angle. It's If you watch weekly television or maybe monthly pay-per-views, whatever they have in AAA, then it would make sense for me. I'm like, okay, I, it's, it's easy enough that I understand what's going on. Um, but okay, yeah, I could have done without this, but then again, this is uh, Triple Mania. It's just like a WrestleMania or Bountiful Glory, Glory or any other big you're gonna have big angles like this with the big stars so gotta make a moment and that's what they did and it was a moment there we go so next match jack cartwheel i think this was his triple a debut this guy has been killing it in the indies i've heard his name for the past year on twitter i haven't really seen much of his matches i think this guy has been literally literally everywhere he's just one of those guys that like is an indie darling everyone loves him and he was teaming up with Laredo Kid. So I'm like, all right, a new tag team. This is cool. Laredo Kid, who's on Impact and also in AAA. Uh, used to tra- uh, used to be in uh, trios with uh, the Lucha Brothers. Uh, those two are tagging. They're going against Dragon Lee and Jolistico, right? The Thrill Brothers, versus Torus and Johnny Caballero. Now, Johnny Caballero is a former John Morrison whose gimmick is he has a different fucking last name in every promotion this motherfucker's in. Like, every promotion. It's like a joke, but it's a funny joke because, like, he has a last name that's different in every promotion he's in, whether it's a smaller indie or a big, <laughs> big, oh, my gosh, big company. It's just, I love it. But this character is a little bit exaggerative. It's like an American cowboy type character. And he's got a really catchy theme song. I was trying to find it on YouTube, couldn't find it. And... It was a great match, and um, Caballero and Toros in the end won this triple threat, and I gave it a three out of five stars, three point five out of five stars. It was okay. It was nothing amazing, and we already had like this, you know, we had a, it's a four way uh, title match for the tag belt. So these guys are poor winning. These are probably the number one contenders for uh, the tag championship. And again, it, it was a cool match, and obviously the current tag champions are. The Young Bucks, no, it's a lie. The current tag champs who got who beat the Young Bucks were FTR. So these two are going to go on to face on FTR at the next pay-per-view, which is held, I believe, in June. So coming up very soon. And again, Johnny Caballero is similar to John Morrison. 
Except he's got a cowboy hat and he's got more of a Western outfit. But also he's got his dripstick. I'm like, you kept the dripstick. Okay. At least you kept the creative. So that way you can not make, yeah, make money off it, capitalize on it, right? Because if it's something that people remember from you from working in WWE, why not? It's recent. It, it's, it's still you in character. It's just you in a different, um, instead of you being this Hollywood guy, you're this Hollywood cowboy guy. Cool. Fantastic. And also branding. He's probably selling dripsticks like crazy in Mexico. Uh, <laughs> and Torus was black. Torus on Impact. Great wrestler. Mass wrestler. He's like a minotaur. This guy's a badass. These two make a great team. Um, I was really thinking realistic going in Dragon Lee. You were going to win this. Honest to God. These guys have been phenomenal killing it in AAA. They were amazing in, um, in other promotions as well. Uh, but, and even Jack Carwell and Laredo Kid, they showed out. Jack Carwell really impressed me. I Again, first match I've seen him in, and I'm like, this guy's got everything. Not not only is he athletic, but he's also like got a physique on him like a gymnast. This guy definitely has got a bright feature ahead of him in AAA and elsewhere. I'm going to keep my eye on this guy. All right, so the next match we have here is another Ruleta de la Muerte, Blue Demon Jr. versus Rayo de Jalisco Jr., the legendary sons of legends and they are also facing for the mask towards the end of this thing because it was an okay match lock in table spot street fight i can't go over moves it's just it is what it was in the end we have an interruption as rayo de he, he wins it because well first off there was a gentleman by the name of Cien Caras, who's his former rival, and he is unmasked, an elder, he looks like he's got a cane, so he's definitely a retired wrestler. His sons are the current Dynamito, who are this like crazy faction that came from CMLL to a, uh, AAA last year, and we're saying that, you know, we're sick and tired of this joke wrestling. They're very like old school lucha, we're like, listen, we take this very seriously, all these clowns make this company look like a bunch of clowns. And because, you know, clowns in AAA are a big, big thing. A lot of clowns that work in AAA. And they're there to be the serious, like, old school wrestlers who are, like, they look like cartel guys. The way they're dressed real nice. And they come here and they beat the dog shit out of the Jalistico. But he still manages to win. Uh, it's because uh, <laughs> I think they were trying to get revenge on him. But in the end, it was... It didn't work out, and Ryo still wins this. And now he gets to keep his mask, and now Blue Demon Jr. moves on to the next round uh, to see if he keeps his mask or not. Okay, so did I give this? Oh, uh, yeah, three, three and a half stars out of five. It was it was okay. Again, angles. You're trying to build angles, not just straight-up matches. I mean, it was cool, I will say, but it just felt like your standard AAA match. Nothing negative, nothing amazing. Crazy table spots for sure. Like I feel like there's been a lot of table spots this whole night. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm with it. I'm with the shits. But the tables in Mexico, just like the Japanese tables, are a little stiffer than your American counterparts. My gosh. <laughs> and also, they got these weird, like, boards, almost like art canvases. There's oversized art canvases where they kind of use as, like, I guess for table spots. Uh, I don't know what they are, but, yeah, I'll go with that. They're these giant boards that they've been using. And those things are freaking strong as shit, too, man. So, there's that. Um, so, yeah, so Cien Caras, Fall Rival, the Suns, there does Hack, Rayo. Okay, so the next match here. We got is Diana Porrazo, the virtuosa, uh, alongside Andrade and Cibernetico versus Taya, Valkyrie, Pagano, and Bandito. This is a triple threat mix match, and um, it's it's crazy. It's, it was good. I mean, 
towards the end, you have a DQ uh, win. Bandido, Pagano, and Taya win this because uh, Andrade was attacking the fucking ref. Like, <laughs> he attacked the ref. It is what it is. It's, hey, mind you, this is Tirantes, the heel ass ref who usually is on the heel side. But the fact that Andrade slipped up and punched him, he's like, you know what? You're going to lose this because of that. You son of a bitch. How dare you hit me? And mind you, they laid the shit in. It wasn't just a mixed tag match. Like, the women actually went ham in here. And not just against each other, against the men, too. Because in AAA, you can get your equal rights and left. Because the men and women fight each other, just like in Impact. So that's why Impact and them have a really similar good relationship on screen. Because they're able to do intergender matches. And it's not a big deal. It's just two people fighting in a ring. Without, you know, again, these are larger-than-life characters. They're superheroes in rings. That's the way they were in New Underground. That's the way they are in AAA. That's the way they are in Impact. And who knows? And the Indies as well, for sure. So there was a lot of offense here, a lot of great... It was great seeing Diana and uh, Andrade play off against each other. Sebinetico held his own. This guy's a legend. This guy's one of those guys that's been out of the game for a while, but he came back, and he's looking phenomenal for his age. And then Taya just coming out of her release from WWE, she looked really good. Um, and then Bandidos, Bandido, the guy's phenomenal. This guy's the feature right here. And Pagano, man, Pagano is one of the harder hitters, one of the heavier, taller guys in, in uh, AAA Lucha. And you know what? Him and Andrade, look, those two brawling guys going at it was one of the better parts of the matchup. But I, in the end, I was like, okay, this is a nice match. I didn't even give it a rating, but I'm going to just say it. Four to five, again, great bouts. Everybody got their shit in. Indian Bandito, Bagano, Taya win via DQ, right? So the finish wasn't your definitive, like, pin. It was just a DQ. So, but I still give it four to five because everyone really showed out in this match. No one looked really bad. Everyone was trying to get their shine. Everyone got their shine. And, of course, Diana and Taya got that rivalry going with, so for the AAA uh, Reina de la Reina's uh, title. So there's, again, animosity there and building for storylines in the future. Again, this Triple Mania, a lot of story building. They've improved on the story building a lot. It wasn't just random lucha fight. Mind you, it never really is. But to the untrained eye, that's what it looks like. But there's storytelling within the ring. And that's what I love about Conan and the way he produces wrestling, especially he adds the element of, yes, they're in the ring, but the psychology has to be there as well. And he add, he definitely stepped his game up from the previous Triple Mania, which was a little bit of a car wreck at times. But this was more of a concise show. And I'm glad to see the development of how everyone stepped their game up and really showed out for Triple Mania fans and new fans watching on Fight. So... We move on. The next matchup here is Kaneg versus Psycho Clown. This is the last bout for the masks here for the Cruelta de la Muerte. Uh, it was a screw job finish with Dr. Wagner Jr., who was unmasked by Psycho, no, by, I believe, Kaneg years ago. Uh, no, no, sorry. My apologies. It was 2017, but that is years ago. I mean, what is time after Rona? We don't know. 2017 and now it's been five years, right? So, yeah, it's been half a decade, yes. 
Then he lost his mask to Psycho Clown, and he got revenge on him. And like Connect Win was all again a legend. This guy was one of the few men to slam onto the giant. This guy fought every major star in every major promotion. And throughout the match, the commentators were not stopping to let the fans know that this man is business. Again, he's up there in age, almost 70 years old. And again, Psycho Clown bummed like a maniac. And there's a scary, <laughs> I think, tope or no, it was a ringside spot where I thought he literally broke his neck. And it looked like that's where they were going for because it was great selling. And I'm, again, Psycho Clown is one of my favorites in AAA. He's one of the biggest stars in AAA. And he bumped his ass off for Kinect, who's a little stiffer these days. Again, advanced age, and I wouldn't be surprised if he loses the mask in the end. But yeah, it was a screwed up finish because Psycho Clown got his ass beat by Dr. Wagner and his Sultans. Um, I mean, not Sultans, the Laguneros, the Lagoon, the Lagoon guys, and uh, yes, Andrade to join him and uh, and join in the in the beating of Psycho Clown. And yeah, Andrade chose and joined up with the Lagunero, so he's now part of that faction in AAA. So now we move on to the main event, Ray Fenix versus Ijo David Gingle versus the Young Bucks. Mind you, this is not for the tag belts, as FTR, the current AAA tag champions, but the bout was already scheduled. And in this matchup, you have Ijo David Gingle, who is the current champion, world champion of AAA, and he ate the pin, which I didn't see that coming at all. This guy should have been protected. I know he's younger and all that. And the Bucks are seasoned vets. Phoenix is up there as far as experience goes. But I wasn't expecting this level of uh, not shenanigans, but it was something unexpected because I really thought Phoenix could eat the pin just coming back from injury. And um, But no, in the end, uh, they pinned Vikingo, who the Bucks really want in AEW. And the Bucks could probably get him, just not now. We'll have to wait and see how they – because the guy's young. He's like 24, 25 or something. This guy's a phenomenal wrestler, like one of the best wrestlers in the world at his age. Just, he can move like crazy in the ring. He has a presence about him. And Neil DeBegingo is definitely the future of Lucha Libre and for wrestling. I can't wait for this guy to see what he can do in the future. It was one of the best bouts I've seen. Um, the Bucks were the Bucks. They came in with Conan. Conan was their manager for the – for the match, and in the end, again, the Bucks win, and they get this huge uh, boo from the audience, obviously, but also they are almost like in a faction with Johnny Caballero, Sammy Guevara, and Ty Conti, the foreigners, the, the outsiders, whatever you want to call them, are all in a faction in AAA now, and I'm like, okay, so this is everybody here is pretty much signed to AEW, except for Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Caballero, Johnny, John Morrison, who is the fits with them because there's history with the Bucks and him, but this is hinting that he might show up on AEW television soon. We'll have to wait and see because the guy is everywhere. He'll be in GCW this week. You know, he'll be jumping around left and right wherever he goes. But yeah, this is one hell of a main event for Triple Mania and crazy spots from Fenix. Mind you, this guy just came back from injury where he was out for a long time. It broke almost broke his arm and. It was a great showing. Everyone looked good. And the Bucks definitely played as a college in this. They were the uh, chi- not chicken shit heels, but they were definitely the over over uh, confident cocky heels, and they got their asses handed. But in the end, the bad guys took a win, and the good guys took an L. But that was the match. That was the main event. And now it's leaving the 
it's almost like a cliffhanger for the next Triple Mania in June, where we'll see where things happen. Will now the Bucks face a FTR for the tag belts, and will they win those said belts because they already lost to them against uh, on AEW against uh, the FTR for the Ring of Honor belt? So like, okay, this is some good interbranding promotion, interpromotion storytelling. Let's see where this plays out, and I can't wait to see where this leads to uh, this rubber match essentially between the Bucks and FTR. So. That being said, that was Triple Mania 30. Um, if you guys stuck here long enough, thanks for listening to this long-winded and mil- misinformed review. Because, again, I'm familiar with AAA to a certain extent, but I don't watch it weekly. Again, we're in the States. We're not we're not in Mexico. This is not something you see on television here often. And I think if it is here, it's always on a random channel. It's probably on Telemundo or Univision, probably. I'm not sure. I have to look for it. But it is something you can catch. I mean, they've seen I've seen some matches on Twitch here and there, but I think those are not legal streams. You know, they just someone posts them or whatever. But it's a lot of tapings, and their tapings are usually done like Impact in certain portions of the year, and then they're put out on their local television. But it's great that I'm able to pay for the pay per view and see the pay per views on Fight. So that's one great thing about Fight TV is like they're getting these great inter brand deals where you can see all forms of pro wrestling from all around the world and again i really enjoy triple a lucha libre's presentation and the six-sided ring kind of gives me nostalgia tna uh memories but again that's not the regular matches their regular matches are four-sided ring they saved the six-sided for the pay-per-views specifically because you can get more it's a bigger size you get more shit in you can get more space to work with uh, but yeah, this is one of the best pay-per-views they've done in a bit. I've seen it for the last past three years, and I think they're really stepping their game up to compete with their comp- competitors and really showing the world we can. We cemented our legacy years ago. We belong here as well, and we are Lucha Libre, and we're going to hold it down for Mexican wrestling. So that being said, thank you all for listening to this review of AAA. Uh, Tripa Mania 30. I am the Mike for Hire, the Puerto Rican powerhouse, the Puerto Rican kaiju, the podcast mercenary signing off till next time. Salute. Have a great day. Take care. I'm out. Peace.